You know, the Holy Spirit is so important. Life in the Spirit is very important to God. It is so important that he sent him to you. The Holy Spirit is so important that God sent him to you. I, I'm just so full of the word, I don't know what to say, or, and I'm just kind of lingering. Um, you group of ladies here, God so desires to impact the culture that you have come out of. He is so desirous to see people liberated delivered and walking in freedom and doing something that he's asked them to do. Think not that you're in the place of failure, but you're in the place of success and opportunity. Your life is in his hand. Your hope is in his heart. Your success is in his ability. Your portion is waiting for you. Does that make sense to you? The anointed prophetic call upon Jesus was transferred to his disciples by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit imposes the Father's assignment on every believer. The Holy Spirit imposes God's assignment on every believer. Jesus said these words to the disciples. He says, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. And the word as there is huge. In the same ability, the same call, the same uh, results, the same influence. So when Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would come, what he was telling them, that like the Holy Spirit imposed himself on his life and let him, so it is now transferred to you. That is transferred to every believer in Christ. Because the Holy Spirit is the divine power from heaven that enacts the will of the Father on earth. And sometimes we live a life of maintenance. 
But God would say to us, let me take care of the maintenance you need, and you expect miracles. Don't get caught up in all of your needs and all of your... Look to me because I can use you just the way you are. The fulfillment of the Father's vision comes into focus and fulfillment by the Holy Spirit. The fulfillment of the Father's vision comes into focus and its fulfillment by the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be led by the Spirit? Where would he take you? Where would he lead you? Who would he lead you to? He, he is always moving toward those to which he has something to say. The Holy Spirit is always moving toward those to whom the Father has something to say. Those are the people he would lead us to. He, he's always moving toward those who are lost. He's always moving toward those who have broken hearts. He's always moving toward those who need to be liberated. He is always moving toward those who need to be released from their bondages. Jesus quoted Isaiah 61. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. The word, the spirit of the Lord, the word Lord there means the owner. And when the Holy Spirit has come into your life and he comes upon you, you change ownership. You're no longer your own. You're no longer part of who you used to be. You're now part of who he is. There are things in the kingdom of God that you and I could never explain or figure out. So we have to stop doing that. And just believe what he says and expect what he says. Because sometimes we get confused in trying to figure out what does it mean to be who he is? Well, the only way you'll realize that is walk with him. It's not something you figure out. It's something you do. It's not a life that you're looking for. It's one that you do now. Um, the dynamics of the kingdom of God are so unique that only the Holy Spirit could reveal them to us. Only the Holy Spirit can lead us into the realities of the will of God. For instance, 
When, you, when we pray in the name of Jesus, when you invoke the name of Jesus, when you use the name, you invoke the Father into the situation. You invoke the Father's will into that situation. Because the name is above all other names. And when you use the name, the authority of the Father comes into the circumstances. By the power of the Holy Spirit, the will of the Father is accomplished. Not by our strength and our power. So, I was just studying Isaiah 61 in the Hebrew, and the Hebrew is really actually quite cool. Because it says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. The owner has put himself on you. And therefore, you become his. When ownership is imposed, you are now owned. So we're, the Bible says we're not our own. We've been bought with a price. So think of this. When the Holy Spirit moves through your life, ownership, the owner is working. The boss is in command. The master is the teacher. The will is the goal. And so the, our, our submission to the Holy Spirit is the only way to move forward in the Christian life. I have found that focusing on my selfishness or focusing on my weaknesses and focusing on my failures never takes me anywhere. Never. Or living in my regrets. The path of regret goes nowhere. Well, yeah, it goes backwards. You actually put your vehicle in reverse. My past is forgiven. Your past is forgiven. Your past is forgotten. And it's like a whole future lays before us, but we walk back to who we were. We walk back to our failures. We walk back to our weaknesses. We walk. And that's the most stupidest thing we could ever do. And then we're looking for victory. Let me say this. You may not understand what I'm going to say right now fully, but remember this. The new creation has nothing to do with who you used to be. That which is born again is free from who you used to be. Do you know what that means? That means we have to stop allowing who we used to be dominate who we are today. Your future is so important to God, he forgot your past. God is not the God of the past. God is the God of the present and the future. He is not the one that reminds us of our past. 
he reminds us of who he is and actually what we could really do. Am I making any sense? Like this is not off the top of my head and yet it does seem that way. Um, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon you, and here's, here's how he leads you. Because Jesus said the Holy Spirit would lead us. Well, here's how he leads you. He is constantly moving to the broken. We need to follow. He is constantly meet, uh, moving toward the broken heart. He is constantly moving toward those who are lost. He is always on the move. It's him who's actually moving. It's him who's actually activating the will of God. It's actually the Holy Spirit that's actually causing the will of God to be manifested in the lives of people. So here's what, here's what that looks like. Let me share with you what that looks like from a biblical point of view. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon you, and he is constantly moving to those who are lost. And what he wants to say is good news. Here's something you might want to try. You know, you walk up to somebody, you're a sinner and you're going to hell. That's not good news. That is not good news. That's really bad news. The good news is this. God realizes where you are, and he realizes you're separated from him. And his love so longs for you that he wants to save your soul and make you part of who he is. That's good news. So the Spirit of the Lord, it says in Isaiah, it says to proclaim liberty. Hmm. It doesn't say pray for it. So stop praying for what you're supposed to proclaim. Just proclaim it. And here's the key. In the Hebrew, there's a little letter that's before the words, and the letter is this, moving towards. So the word to, the Holy Spirit is always moving toward those who need liberty. It's him that's moving. It's him that's going to liberate them. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to open prison doors. It doesn't say to pray for them to be open. It says open them. And, and, and the Holy Spirit is moving toward those who need their prison door opened. And guess what? The Holy Spirit is the one who's going to open it. We do the proclaiming. Proclamations... Proclamations declare the results because the authority says to do so. Proclamations 
declare the results of what the king wants done. And when we do it, it's done. And I, I don't know, what, when we went to Peru, we learned some things in Peru. We went to learn, Winona, Brenda, and I. And, and um, we, we were just, we didn't preach or anything. We were supposed to pray for the sick. Well, we, we did. We're supposed to pray for the sick. Um, so the guy comes up to me and he goes, so I, oh, bad, yeah, so I, I, I pray. No. And I pray again. No. And I pray again. No. And I'm thinking, like, what's wrong with this picture? And all three of us experienced the same thing. And I thought to myself, okay, this is enough of this. I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Yep. My prayers didn't do anything. The proclamation did. See, we have to believe truth. You can't impose something that's man-made and have it fit where God doesn't want it to fit and think it works. He said, proclaim liberty. Speak it because the Holy Spirit is going to do it because it's the will of the Father. We don't necessarily do the work. We just proclaim it into existence, and the Holy Spirit does the work. Do you ever ask yourself a question? Why a pastor never has to go for counseling? Do you ever ask yourself the question why a pastor doesn't have to go for counseling? My wife didn't hear me. Because we accept Jesus to take care of us. And we're no different than you. I'm trying to speak some positive things in your life that you can walk in without depending on somebody else except your heavenly Father in heaven. We have made so much of ministry that we actually let God out. It's not my anointing, it's His. It's not my gifts, it's his. I own nothing. He owns me. And I think when we come to those conclusions, we realize how dependent we are on the Holy Spirit to help us walk in the will of the Father. That's the introduction. I, I want to just share with you 
some things about what you should look for the Holy Spirit leads you. Revolutionary faith is a life of divine power, impact of miracles and results. Revolutionary faith, uncommon faith, faith that moves mountains, faith that heals the sick, faith that raises the dead, faith that cleansed the leper is revolutionary. It revolutionizes people's lives. And Jesus came from heaven to revolutionize the world. He wants to revolutionize your life out of a woe is me saying, I can do it. By the power of God and the leadership of the Holy Spirit, I am a success. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, we have to get our eyes off of ourselves and onto Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Because therein is life, power, success, and results that you and I cannot produce on our own. It goes beyond the human limitations that sometimes we are harnessed with. When we look at ourselves, when we focus on ourselves, we make ourselves subject to our limitations. There are no limitations in God in the kingdom. All things are possible to those who believe. Do you believe? What do you believe? Well, I believe I'm a failure. Well, I believe I make mistakes. Well, of course we are. That, but that who, that's who I used to be. I'm not a failure anymore. You see, the new creation can't be a failure because the new creation is Christ in you. And he never fails. In fact, the one who lives in you lived without sin. So what's our problem? The flesh. That's the biggest problem we have. It's not the devil. It's our thought process about who we are or who we used to be or woe is me. Do you know that God never has a woe is me? Jesus never has a woe is me. And if he's in us, why do we have a woe is me? Because we look at ourselves. Well, I'm just a worm crawling on the ground. Hope some, nobody steps on me. <laughs> Whoops. And now I'm hurt. And I'm so low, nobody thinks anything of me. Well, I'll tell you what. I know what that all feels like, and I don't say that to be arrogant. I know because I know that I cannot stay focused on myself and succeed. I cannot. I cannot do this. I cannot sit down 
and write out my vision. I can't do that anymore because my vision is always limited because I'm limited. But if I look at what he has said and make that my vision, the whole world is open to you. All the powers of hell and the flesh will never, ever keep you back. So, when we're about our life, being sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit means, Lord, uh, Holy Spirit, like, um, I know you move toward the lost. I know you move toward those who are captive. I know you move toward the broken heart. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. I want to move with you where you're going. Because I know where you're going, you're going to do something. That's exciting. But it's also threatening. But that is very exciting. Um, Jesus thought that the Holy Spirit would take his place, that he would lead the same disciples that he walked with while on earth. He imparted the Father's word into the hearts of the disciples concerning the Holy Spirit. The prophetic words that came from the Father released upon them the power of divine ability that they would need to fulfill the Great Commission. My wife would say that sentence is too long. <laughs> the Holy Spirit enables the dynamic forces of Christ's kingdom into work in the hearts of people Jesus teaches us to live in the quality and ability of the Holy Spirit that becomes evident in our lives. In other words, the Holy Spirit wants to make himself evident to you. Because what we become familiar with is usually what we're comfortable with. And the Holy Spirit really wants you to be comfortable with him. He wants you to feel at home with him. He wants you to get into the same car he's driving. He wants, to get, he wants you to get on the horse that he's riding. He wants you to get into the boat he's sailing in. I mean, what a life have we been called to? But I have discovered this over the years of my life. I lived many years in the mode of maintenance, constant maintenance. You know, I had cars. I had to fix them before I could go anywhere. And I got tired of it. And it's kind of what my life has been like. You know what? I got to fix myself before I can do something. Well, happy repairs. I can't get over how God could pick us 
to carry out a divine command that he knows we can't do on our own. <laughs> figure that one out. No, no, don't try to figure it out. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is the Father's answers. The Holy Spirit is the Father's answer to Jesus' prayer. I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to send the Holy Spirit. The fact that the Holy Spirit is here to lead you, to empower you, is an answer to Jesus' prayer, not yours. He opted your prayer out of this one. What does that actually mean? The first impact of learning in that the Holy Spirit will come and be our comforter. Jesus soon leaves them. They needed the comforter to take his place. The Spirit came upon Jesus, anointing him for his work in, the, in God's heavenly kingdom on earth. He was promising that the same Spirit would come and remain on his disciples, anointing them for the work of his kingdom. His work, his kingdom, his will, not mine. When, when, <laughs> I don't know how to say this. When we realize that he owns us, the first thing that hits me is this, I belong to him. I am his possession. Did you have anything in your possession that you wanted to break down and fail? God doesn't see you as a failure. He sees you as his own. And he ain't no failure. And if he owns you, you're, you are now in his success. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Do you believe in Jesus? So, what's the Father's heart pulse for you? You will do what Jesus did. God is waiting for his church to wake up to their reality. He is looking for his people to get out of the woe is me and get into him who owns us and realize that it is in him we're successful. That is he who gives us the resurrection power. 
that raises us from deadness to alive unto God, from who raises us out of our own ability and into the dynamics of resurrection power. And I cry out, God, make this real for me. I, I want to follow the Holy Spirit. I, wanna, I want to submit to His divine ability. I want to I realize and be comfortable with Him. He doesn't feel uncomfortable with us, but He wants us to feel comfortable. He's a comforter. And right now, just right now as we sit here, our reality is this. The Holy Spirit, the paraclete, means one standing right beside you, is sitting beside every one of you right now. Every one of you, the Holy Spirit is sitting beside you right now. He's right there with you. And when you walk out of here, he's walking right beside you. He doesn't walk behind you. He kind of walks beside us as he leads us. And I think he does that because he can whisper in our ear, hey, 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 no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 that's it. It's like, <laughs> I'm just kidding you. I'm so excited about this. I remember a testimony of a lady who went to a healing meeting. And she got healed in her chair as she felt the Holy Spirit come upon her. She was instantly healed. See, the Holy Spirit is the gift of healing. It's not our gift, it's His gift. It's not our ability, it's His ability. And sometimes I think we got that a little backwards. I have the gift of healing. No, you don't. The Holy Spirit does. He just manifests it through you. You see, we don't own the gift. We're owned by the gift giver. Hallelujah. I mean, oh, wow. You know, it's hard for me to shut up when I'm supposed to. It says that he will dwell with you and be in you. The Holy Spirit reveals Christ's glorious. Uh, the Holy Spirit reveals Christ and glorifies him. And applies Christ's qualities in the hearts of the believer. He makes Jesus' teaching effective in our lives that puts us into an eligible state of a candidate. He makes us eligible. The knowledge of the believer's intimate union with Christ was a fruit of Pentecost. I'm going to read that again. The knowledge of the believer's intimate 
union with Christ was the fruit of Pentecost. While in Jesus, he had dwelt with them, but soon he would leave them. Even as simple as are the minds of some of us, we can discern the difference in his being with us as opposed to his being in us. In other words, let me put it this way. We believe he's in us. But do we realize he's upon us? Because the baptism of Jesus, the Holy Spirit came upon him and imposed the Father's will on Jesus' life. So when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there comes an imposition. The Holy Spirit imposes the will of the Father, the power of the Father, the ability that, that the Father wants you to have to be successful. You see, the Holy Spirit is not a failure. The Holy Spirit is not negative. The Holy Spirit is not useless. And so when he imposes himself on us, he makes us who we are and what we can actually do. Hallelujah. There's an education that you and I can never learn from reading, being under teaching. There's an education that we cannot learn because it's only the Holy Spirit that can teach us certain things. He'll teach you how to follow him. He will teach you how to hear he will teach you how to discern. He will teach you how to think like him. He's the teacher. Jesus says he will teach you all things, not some things. I can only teach you some things, but I can't teach you all things. Nobody can, but the Holy Spirit can. He will teach us all things. Just think of this. I and you are on the path to learning everything. That's exciting. That's awesome. I mean, what a future. What a present. Forget the past. My heart burns. To see the church of Pentecost today. We're so far from there. And until we actually really believe what Jesus said 
about the Holy Spirit and begin to make it a part of our life and move forward, we will never see the Church of Pentecost. But God's passion, His original picture of the church is in Acts chapter 2, 3, 4, and 5. That's the original picture. That's God's picture. And I woke up this morning, and the Lord said to me, Nelson, I want you to remember that I'm still restoring my church to what you read in Acts. I say, yes, Lord. And you and I can come and say, yes, Lord. I desire to be part of your house that will turn the world upside down. I desire to be part of your house where the sick, even though they're not saved, will come and be healed. That's what they did in Acts chapter 5. They carried people to the meeting. They carried, there were so many of them that had to lay them outside. The world had faith that what the church possessed, they could receive. Right now, we're just a mockery. I long for that day when people, well, the ambulances will bring the sick here. Because God will heal them. His miracle work and power has not failed yet. It's not over with. And there's a dark world out there that needs to see the light of Jesus, not intellectually, but to see the manifestation of his power on this earth in the hearts of people. That's Christian reality. Ma'am, your sorrows are over with. They're done. They are. They're done. He's doing it right now. Done. You're somebody in the kingdom. Use somebody. You're not a nobody. You're his treasure. You're the apple of his eye. In fact, we all are. As we see the world getting darker and darker and darker, I believe there's a scripture verse that we need to think of. Darkness covers the earth and gross darkness the people. 
But my spirit will be upon you. My glory will be upon my people in the day of darkness, and they shall see a light that shines in darkness, a light that can never be put out, a light that never fails, a light that brings life, wholeness, and healing to everyone who believes. It's the Father's reality in heaven looking for a manifestation on earth. And he needs you. Father, we thank you this day for your life, your power, your vision, your goal, your purpose, your ability, and your results. And Father, I just, I just thank you. We all thank you here today, Lord, for your heartbeat. For the lost, the captive, the broken hearts, the sorrow. You want to give them the spirit of, you want to give them joy. And Father, we just come and submit to you. Holy Spirit, we just yield to you. We ask you to lead us. We ask you to teach us. We ask you to empower us. We want to follow you wherever you go and wherever you do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.